Warning. 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 Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? It's the Police Officers Association of Michigan podcast radio show, recorded live from our studios in Redford, Michigan. Home is a full-service labor organization formed to provide every labor-related service from negotiations, grievance processing, legal and legislative representation to Act 312 arbitrations. Hi, this is Ed Jocks on the Michigan Police Information Network. And tonight we are at Tropo's restaurant uh, right across the street from uh, uh, the Capitol in Lansing. It's Wednesday, February 23rd, and earlier today testimony was, uh, was heard about the uh, Act 40, or Bill, House Bill 4205, which would repeal 312 compulsory arbitration for police officers. Uh, POAM, uh, as it does annually, is hosting a legislative reception to uh, meet and greet uh, uh, some of our uh, representatives also try to educate some of them uh, because of term limits there's a lot of new people that are coming and going in Lansing so try to educate them on 312 and some of the other important law enforcement issues our first guest is probably the leading spokesman uh, for police officers over many many years in Lansing and on the job I'll let uh, Senator Rick Jones give you his own little bio but Rick keep it to 30 seconds I know it's a long one uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about what went on today and, and what you see happening here in Lansing. Okay, I started in 1974 as a deputy sheriff. I made so little, if I had a wife and a couple of kids, I would have been eligible for food stamps. <laughs> uh, we started a union in Eaton County, and as I say, I started as a deputy, went through the ranks, and retired as the sheriff. During that time, I was a union steward and a union president. So I've seen it from both sides, both union and management. Um, as sheriff, I, kn I don't know if you personally, Rick, got involved in the negotiations, probably on some of the policy and procedure type of things that come into play every once in a while. I don't know if you did on the economic ones, but I know no matter what, you were very close to the action. And, you know, you sort of had to straddle that line a little bit. But tell me what uh, uh, negotiations had been like in Eaton County. Uh, well, in Eaton County, the sheriff does serve on both economic Oh, really? Uh, the process there and on uh, grievances for discipline and everything. Oh. Uh, I participated in it all, and I can tell you that it is a fair system. Uh, when the grievance was poorly written, I won. It lost, yeah. Yes. As and, well it should. And it's a fair system. And, you know, sometimes the county won, sometimes the union won, and there's, there's no reason to repeal Act 312. Also, as a very young boy, I saw Battle Creek police go on strike, police officers get fired, and I saw a city going into meltdown. We want to prevent that by keeping Act 312. Um, I imagine that was probably in the late 60s, at the same time that Detroit was experiencing its uh, bout with the blue flu and stuff? It had to be about that time. Yeah. I was uh, fairly young. Yeah. Uh, Rick, you know, there's also a whole myriad of bills that have been introduced. Um, but another one that I know uh, our legislative uh, director, Ken Grabowski, has focused in on is uh, Senate Bill 153. It's, uh, it's it, I think you might call it the emergency financial manager bill, but it certainly gives him uh, some, some strong powers if a uh, city declares bankruptcy or, or goes broke and they have to put in, the state has to put in a, uh, an emergency financial manager. Originally in the language, in the bill when it was introduced, it sort of penalized and, and there were some some really strong language in there about what would happen to the leaders of that community if they had to come into an emergency financial management um, situation. 
I know that language has been pulled out. I know Ken Grabowski has um, um, some very strong feelings about it. I don't know. Uh, originally, if you uh, were a mayor or, or served on um, in, in some sort of a higher uh, political office in a city and you had to declare a financial emergency, you couldn't run for office for 10 years. Your pay was taken away and you received, I think, a penalty in, in benefit levels and things like that. And we thought that was pretty good language because we didn't want to make it easy for people to just uh, declare a financial emergency and then come in and then null and void all the union contracts. Um, have you been uh, made yourself familiar with that bill at all? Or Yes, I'm somewhat familiar. You know, I do think there should be penalties, but I also realize that we have to have some sort of system where an emergency manager can come in and take over basically when the city managers screw up and run it into bankruptcy. You know what, and that's our policy too, Rick. If, if we've gotten to that point, um, the first financial emergency manager has to be able to have some power and some teeth and do what he needs to do. Our concern is, is that right now, I think as the bill is written, is that would also eliminate all police officers' rights to non-economic issues. So I certainly, we certainly understand if there needs to be some, some, some cuts to some of you know, whatever the benefit package is, they also want to uh, eliminate all the non-economic stuff, like uh, grievance procedure, uh, seniority, dues checkoffs, and different things like that. I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. Well, I certainly don't agree with reducing the grievance procedure. You have to have that. It works. You know, I had to discipline people. People didn't do the right thing occasionally. Right. And, you know, but I always sat down with the union and we made an agreement. However, I had uh, two unions. One union loved me and the other one didn't. It happened to be the command officer's union that <laughs> didn't right. like me. Don't and, get me going on that. And, uh, you know, I had one lieutenant that filed grievance after grievance. One of them was he didn't like the color of his take-home car. Oh, my goodness. He lost in arbitration. Uh, I guess. Got to be lucky to have that car. But anyway, uh, Rick, what do you see over the next few weeks? And, I mean, what's the flavor going on in Lansing right now? And what, what do you think we can expect when the dust clears on all this stuff? Well, I'm very nervous that the repeal of Act 312 will pass the State House because you have a lot of new representatives that really don't understand it. I've done my best to educate the representatives in my area. However, we're dealing with a new group because of term limits, so I expect we may have to stop it in the Senate, and we're prepared to do that. Well, listen, Rick, uh, thanks again for all your support over the years uh, for police officers and of POEM functions and events, and uh, uh, you know we're really proud to call you a good friend. Thanks a lot, and keep up the good fight. All right, thank you. Okay. The LaFontaine Red Tag event is almost over, and it's your last chance to lease a 2010 Chrysler Town & Country for $179 a month for 36 months, or buy a 2010 Chrysler Sebring with an employee cash price of $11,997 for $139 a month. But hurry, because we only have four left. We also have over 100 available minivans. Call 866-LAFONTAINE. That's 866-LAFONTAINE. Or visit us on the web at FamilyDeal.com. Hi, we're continuing with our uh, legislative reception at Tropos. We have with us uh, Senator Mike Knopfs from the Battle Creek area, right, Mike? Correct. Battle okay. Creek and Jackson. Okay. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your history, and also uh, about your district? Uh, I have the 19th Senate District. It's all of Calhoun County and uh, three-quarters of uh, Jackson County. And, uh, in the state Senate, I've, uh, I 
ended up in a special election and ended up getting elected to the Senate a year and a half, serving out the rest of Senator Shower's term, yep. who went to be our congressman in Mark, that area. Yep. Mark. And so I've started my first full term, but what is nice, at the end, of, if I'm elected once more, which will be the term-limited two, uh, four-year terms, yeah. I'll have nine and a half years in the Senate, so I'll be the oldest serving senator oh, okay. at that point in time. A little bit of my history at Battle Creek, grew up in Battle Creek, uh, basically ended up um, graduating from Kellogg Community College and uh, went to work for Marshall City Police Department and uh, was with them for about three years, then went to work for the Calhoun County Sheriff's Department. Worked with them for about a year and then went into state police in 77 for 25 years. Retired out of there, full retirement. And uh, a couple days later, filed to run for state rep and ran for state rep. Served six years in the House uh, in the 62nd District there. And uh, now I'm in my first full term as a Michigan senator. Well, we've, uh, we, we've, uh, we've worked with you on, on a number of issues and seen well, you yeah, at some man. other events. Mm -hmm. And so we, we appreciate everything that you did. And Thank I you. must say that uh, we're lucky enough to have the Calhoun guy, County guys here. I think one of them had to work midnight, so they just took off they a little while did. ago. I just got to talk to them. Yep, they're, but, they're, they're a lot younger than I remember oh, myself. Yeah. And so, you know, we're getting older. That's all that means. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're a bunch of dedicated uh, law enforcement Well, uh, I'm glad you were here early because they were just taking off and they saw you and they absolutely yep. ran back and wanted to say well, hi to you because they really appreciate the work that you do. I appreciate the work they do and, uh, you know, keeping us safe and protected in that part of the state. House Bill 4502, the repeal of uh, compulsory arbitration for police officers. Now, collective bargaining for state troopers, was that the late 60s? Was that the mid-70s? Actually, actually, I was got in 77 in the state police, and uh, the local police agencies, sheriff's departments, all got collective bargaining, except yeah. the state police. Right. And so in order to get it, we had to go out and capture signatures and have it put to the vote of the people of all the state of Michigan. So I was out there in 77, 78 gathering signatures at the malls, working my days off, uh, trying to get it in front of the people so they could vote on it, and I think we got it in 1979. Yeah, I, re I remember um, that issue. I was a really young kid then, but I remember yeah, a lot too. of bumper stickers, state troopers deserve collective bargaining. Right. I remember the push right. and everything else. So yep. uh, congratulations and good work on that. Well, thanks. What, part of it was because, you know, at the same time when I started out in law enforcement and just getting out of college in 71, I'll tell you, here's where some of my perspective comes from. The city of Battle Creek, prior to uh, uh, binding arbitration and, and collective bargaining, in 71, the uh, police officers in the city of Battle Creek went on strike, and the city ended up firing all of them. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, we were without police protection for a while, and that was not a good situation. No, I know. Rick was uh, reminding us of that story as well, too. So I think yep. there's a couple old Detroiters here that will <laughs> go back a few years before that as well, too. There you go. Um, I don't know, how do you see this going on? I don't know. It's, I know it's hard to predict right now exactly what's going on. Um, right now, the bill is introduced with absolutely no amendments. It's a one-sentence bill, I think. Repeal 312 arbitration rights with no amendments. Is there going to be an opportunity to get amendments? Um, is this oh, going to go to the Senate, in your opinion? What do you think? Well, I, I think obviously it'll go to a committee, and then yeah. I think the committee uh, will take uh, testimony and uh, do that. And there'll be an opportunity there to put on amendments and uh, you know have discussion pro and con on the issue. And then uh, if there is the support uh, of the committee to go ahead and report that out to the full house, then it'd be up to the uh, speaker and the leadership there whether or not they'll take that issue up. If they do, then it'll come over to the, they'll send it to the Senate, but I'm not sure. In my mind, we have a lot of other pressing issues that are very, very important, you know, with uh, the new governor and, and getting Michigan on the right track. and. Right. You know, changing the uh, tax environment for our corporations and, and businesses who are struggling and making sure that they can keep people employed. I think those are the first priorities that we have to take care of and we'll take care of in the Senate and look at, and it'll keep us pretty busy. 
Yeah. So even if the House does pass it, I think it'll be a while before in the Senate the, the bill would come up. It was kind of refreshing the other day, I think, in Monday's Free Press, I saw a story where Snyder, uh, Governor Snyder, had said that he doesn't want the uh, anti-union backlash that he's seeing in, uh, you know, in Wisconsin or, right. or that kind of fighting going on. He wants to concentrate on the economic issues. I think he pretty what? much said that, you know, public employees or, or certainly police officers haven't right. caused, you know, the deficit and the problems that uh, that we're experiencing. Right. I, I, you know, I, I heard those same sort of, you know, discussions and, um, you know, I think he's of the same opinion that uh, we are hopefully most of us in the Senate in the fact that uh, we got these other issues to take care of first. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think, you know, when he talks about his proposal he did about uh, getting the state employees to uh, pay 20% of their health care and the state paying 80. He wants to sit down and uh, work with the uh, the office of state employer and working with the uh, the uh, unions and or the uh, employee representatives and uh, try to get that through bargaining. Right. Absolutely. So you know, and doing it the right way. So I think you know that's nice and and I think uh, you know you got to give that a shot. I firmly believe in police and fire. You know, it, it is one of the most important things. We can't have our policemen going back on strike and doing those things. They need to be able to to get, you know, their issues resolved. And I think, you know, if you really look at it, I was started out, you know, like I said, gathering for the signatures, you know, as a trooper, yeah. but then ended up being the post commander of the state police post in Jonesville. And then my last six years in Battle Creek. So I was on the management side of things. Right. And there are things we went to in binding arbitration. And, you know, there are a lot of times that the, the employer didn't win. And there are a lot of times that the employee didn't win. So, you know, if you really looked at it and you looked at the case, load and the cases uh, over the long haul, I think it's a pretty fair system. And, you know, you don't make your last final best offer and, and shoot for the moon because, you know, the, the arbitrator's there to to uh, look at all the uh, facts and make a determination and the city is there and they make their pre presentation last final offer and they pick from that. There are some things, you know, that might, you know, need to shorten up the time frame. Well, you know, you know POEM, very, very important. POEM actually helped write some language over the last couple of years to streamline right. the entire process. Right. And I it sort of got poo-pooed and put aside. And uh, maybe yeah. through the course of all of this, they'll relook at that that stuff that we work with, uh, with other legislators and stuff, uh, and to I, help the process. Because it, it, you know, it can be improved. Yeah, and it can be improved. And one of the things you know that talked a little bit about when they were talking about some of that process last year was the ability to pay. And you know, I think a good arbitrator would take that into consideration anyway. So, they already you know, do. Yeah. That's what I thought. So if you put that in there, that you know, you have to he he or she has to consider the ability to pay. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, no, you know that part of it. I mean, you know, it. We as police officers have a lot of common sense, and we recognize we want to be fair. That's how we do handle our jobs right. and, and handle the situations that we're dispatched to. So, you know, that's not foreign to us. And so, if they're already doing that, and you want to codify that in law? Go ahead. Let me bring up another one that is probably going to be in your backyard pretty soon. Senate Bill 153. It's called. I think it's called the Emergency Financial Manager Bill. <laughs> In essence, it allows if, if a city goes bankrupt uh, to bring in an emergency financial manor, manager. Originally, when that uh, legislation was introduced, there were some really stiff penalties for the people involved that got them in trouble. Mm -hmm. That language has been removed. And instead, they, they say that uh, these folk, the emer uh, emergency financial manager can change the economic conditions of the contract. And I think, I think we'll all resolve to the fact that they have to, I mean, right. if, if, if right. they're in that situation. Right. But the bill as it's written now, Mike, if you don't know, would also eliminate all non-economic privileges for those police officers. So no, no just cause, no seniority, no dues check off, any of that other stuff as well, too. The emergency financial manager, here's my point so on that So it would bill. null and void the contract, everything, including the non-economic stuff. So imagine right. that, you got a police officer working who doesn't have any kind of a a recourse or any kind of rights at right. all. Well, here's the, here's the thing, I think, the, just the bill that I, I'm encouraged about. 
I think it, what it does is hopefully a city never gets to, or a governmental unit never gets to that position in which right. they'd have to have. And I think this, what this statute does is try to work with the state, then work with and have a mechanism in place that, you know, we either the city requests it or the state sees it that we need to, that you know we need to have a partnership there and work through the process so we never get to where a financial manager needs to be employed and dispatched absolutely and and that's what this bill also does to, I was what I understand I'm not on that committee but I've heard a little bit of I haven't actually read the bill yet but um, you know there are paths and avenues and mechanisms in place to hopefully stop a city from ever getting to the point where they would have to do that and working with the state and uh, doing some things and giving some you know relief there and working out some of the problems so we don't end up with you know we've had some cities in southeast Michigan that have gone through uh, some of that and it's not good and it's not good for anybody it's not good for the police officer the employee the employer right. or the city and the residents that they represent so you know, um, when the city's broke though and can't pay its bills, you got to give the man or the woman a little bit of power to be able Absolutely. to adjust to that. Yeah. I mean, if we go into personal bankruptcy, that's what a judge does. Absolutely. Um, I, I think POM's position, I know POM's position, position is don't make it easy for the communities to do right. that. Right. Um, don't, don't make it easy. Put some penalties in there. And if economic changes have to take place under those circumstances, and they undoubtedly will, right. We'll suck it up and live with it, but don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Don't throw right. out the officer's rights to, you know, well, I would hope that just that, cause hearings yep. and, 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 and the grievance procedure as well. And, and with that, I would hope that police officers in that city and or that uh, local unit government would recognize that and never want to get the city to that point because it doesn't benefit anybody. And so, you know, we, we're smart as yeah. law enforcement people. You know, we're educated. We've seen it. We go to a lot of, uh, you know, de domestic disputes, and you listen to one side and you listen to the other, and so, you know, <laughs> half of what they say is not correct. I won't use the word, but half of the other side says it's correct, and half of it's correct. Yep. You put together then the what truth you is the story is the truth in the middle, and you make a decision and go. And so, you know, it's the same thing, you know, even yep. when it involves us. It doesn't benefit us, and we would never want a city, our city that we work for to get to that place where they can't pay their bills, which means they can't pay me. Mike, uh, thanks a million for showing up, and thanks You're a lot welcome, for all man. the support and the involvement over the years with POEM, and uh, thanks for taking a couple of minutes out and talking to the POEM audience here, too. Well, I want to just say to all the men and women out there who wear the uniform and do that good job every day, I did it for 25 years, but circumstances, obviously, my opinion, you know, it's gotten a lot more hazardous out there, and so keep your head low, be safe, and make sure you make it home tonight. Thanks a lot, Mike. Good Thank luck you. to you. Bye. All right. Bye. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another edition of the POAM podcast radio show. I want to remind you that each and every month you can find every single podcast online on Apple iTunes. Just search for POAM. They're also available for download or for live listen on our website. Visit us at POAM.net. Get on our newsletter and send us all of your comments and suggestions for future shows.